podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Yes. Happy Oscar nomination day, Shelby. Is it, is it happy? Is it? Are we happy? Is that the word we're using to describe our emotional state? You know... I always like <laughs> to try to keep as optimistic of you as possible. And also, like, mm, it's the right. Oscars. I love the Oscars. E- there are some years where I feel like the nominations are better. But every year, there's stuff that I just like, stuff that I like. And I try to keep it all, mm. like, in a... I'm just happy that this is happening, that there are movies <laughs> that we are watching. And if you go into it with that mindset, then you'll be more excited. Wow. <laughs> Who are you, Matt? And like optimism and like keeping a good attitude aren't things like I usually put together, you know? Well, like Marty Scorsese, I love (laughs) cinema. And, you know, that's what I'm here for. Uh, Somehow buried under all of the Oscar news today, there was a trailer drop. I think they're trying to hide it. Uh, Jared Leto is in a new Marvel movie called Morbius that is from the Sony Marvel team. So this is not the people who do the MCU. This is from the people who have done the two Spider-Man movies and then also Venom. Uh, Jared Leto is starring in it in as like a creepy person who like has some kind of blood disorder and is handicapped and then like goes to a cave that's full of a bunch of vats, bats and becomes a vampire. Is that what you got from this? Yeah, but is it is it a Marvel movie? Yes, it's Marvel. Sony, no, it's not. I thought so. Yes, it's not part the of the big Marvel old friggin Marvel universe. No, it's not. It's connected okay. to Venom. It's in the Venom right, 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 cinematic right, right. universe, okay, okay, but like okay. still Marvel. Well, okay, but like not really. Like if we're not if we're ignoring Venom, then we can definitely ignore this Jared Leto disaster. Because as I understand it, is when Venom came out, they had this idea of doing like is is it the Sinister Six where they have like these six sort of like the origin story for the villains basically and um this movie seems really thirsty to be part of the cinematic universe it references spider-man and seems to imply that they'll cross paths with the spider-man villain from homecoming so yeah i'd never heard of this before i'm not a jared leto fan big surprise (laughs) And it just looks like a hot mess. Like this trailer was one of the worst trailers I've had to sit through in recent months. The best part of it was at the end of the trailer where Jared Leto turns around (laughs) and you see his weird like bat vampire (laughs) creeping looking face. I don't know. We talked in the last episode about how Marvel wants to do or was planning on doing or whatever horror with the new Doctor Strange movie. This does look like a horror movie. And I think Venom was also rated R. If I'm remembering correctly, I did not see it. But yeah, a second (laughs) installment in Weird Method Actor takes on Bizarre, uh, like Spider-Man bad guy. Yeah. I will probably not go see this unless you make me. But I hope to never watch this. I think the trailer was miserable enough. First of all, vampires are boring. Second of all, Jared Leto is way too much. And third of all, like (laughs) none of these movies have been good aside from the spider-man like the spider-man series itself so i don't know what they're attempting here but it just seems to have missed all the marks what if they bring back andrew garfield and can convince (laughs) him to be in some kind of spider-man movie with as spider-man with uh jared leto (laughs) and tom hardy well that just sounds like a bad movie but maybe it'd work for someone (laughs) I think Venom did well in theaters. If I'm remembering correctly, it sold better than people thought it was going to. Yeah, it was a huge critical disaster, but I'm pretty sure it shocked people with how well it it did in theaters. It was watched by many, including yours truly, unfortunately. Uh, R.I.P. Well, speaking of bad uh, superhero movies (laughs) that we had to watch in theaters that some people liked but did better than expected, uh, Oscar Mm. nominations were out today. And Joker got 11 nominations more than any (sighs) other movie this year. I was upset about it. I know you were upset (laughs) about it. I feel like now... 
I'm trying to process like, how <laughs> did this happen? Like what led us to the happen? point yeah. where it's Joker a, got 11 nominations? Yeah. It's a, it's a dark question with a dark answer. I feel like, cause I think this movie for whatever reason, like resonated with people of a certain breed and, and maybe gender and maybe <laughs> color and creed and whatever else. I, it's something that's been talked about a lot this award season because people are split on it, whether Joker's a good movie, whether it's a great movie, whether it's total trash. And while I, well, I can see people who might enjoy it for what it is, which is a, a movie coming from someone who is butthurt that he can no longer make, um, comedies so he wanted to make an irreverent drama that somehow became a critical darling like i can see enjoying the film if you must but the idea of it being worthy of 11 different oscars is just shocking to me so on my initial like gut response to this was one, I was really annoyed because I didn't like the Joker, and I'm, and I feel like a a big appeal of the Joker as a movie is that it's sort of saying, "Hey, if you're like a white guy and you're feeling passed over in the moment, if you feel like you're losing some power and ability, it's okay to take out your rage <laughs> and to be really angry, and like that is somehow a valid. good thing, even yeah. if it's a bad thing. Yes, but." The more I've thought about it, like, I do think that that is a subconscious level that is going on in the minds of some people. And I think maybe more so to this, like, younger audience that's maybe on Twitter. But when I'm thinking about the Oscar voters, the thing that I keep coming back to is that this movie did extremely well in the box office. And if there's one thing that Oscar voters and the Oscars in general want to have happen is they want to have people watch their movie or watch the telecast. They want to seem like that they're somehow relevant and connected to the world. And we saw this same thing happen with Bohemian Rhapsody last year where like the critics either didn't like it or were ho-hum on it. I think that, um, Joker has like a rating in the 60s on Rotten Tomatoes at the moment, but that it just made a ton of money and continued to make a lot of money. And also at its center had this kind of big over the top acting performance. And so I feel like with Bohemian Rhapsody and with Joker, there's a lot of problems to it but that people are overlooking them because of the amount of money that it's making. But isn't that sort of like totally opposite of what the Oscars have stood for? And isn't that sort of, are you saying this is like a recent shift? Cause I feel like well, I mean, they wanted to avoid having to deal with popular movies entirely by having a popular movie category so that they're high art, you know, films to well, get snubbed. I think that they wanted the popular film category because they thought that more people would watch the Oscars if there was more uh-huh. of these like big blockbustery kind of things nominated. Right. And like, are they going to nominate Endgame or, you know, like a Harry Potter movie or something? No, they're not going to do that because that is not like cinema enough for them. But Joker and Bohemian Rhapsody last year have enough high art esque trappings and like the score is good and it's well shot and there's like a famous actor at the center of it who's giving a good performance that they're willing to say hey look this is making a lot of money and also it's like close enough to a cinema to a high art movie that we're willing to like give it a lot of nominations the thing is is that it got 11 nominations which is near the peak of things that you can get without like anomalies you know yeah like it only had one acting nomination so basically it got nominations for every crafts category that you could so somebody who was voting were like going down the line and voting like joker 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 you know what i mean Uh like this wasn't a bunch of different things that were coming at it from different directions and it just happened to get it like there was clearly a lot of support for this and for as much as i think that in the reason why a lot of people went and saw this over and over again was because of the like angry white male thing i'm not necessarily sure that a bunch of like 80 year old liberal hollywood uh film producers are keying into that oh, in the same way word. that i think I like definitely think there was like an attachment to this storyline i mean 
even if you just look at like the times up movement or the, you know, me too movement, it's like men have had to sit back and listen for so long that I'm sure a lot of them were like very liberated by the story of a man who stood up and was like, enough is enough. And, and it was a very (laughs) aggressive reaction, but I'm sure subliminally or not, there was definitely room for people to attach to that. Well, but the thing that I question on that front, though, is that like, yes, I I agree that there's a part of that that's happening subliminally or not. But I think that in the like pseudo progressive Hollywood sphere, that those people, if that's what they're looking for, would be more attractive to one of the other options that they had this year in Mm -hmm. The Irishman or What's Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like the fact that The Joker got more nominations than those movies, which seems more Hollywoody to me, Mm -hmm. I think has to do with money more than anything. Interesting. So, I mean, that just seems like... um... Like you think that the Oscars as a body is sort of shifting to more populist view. Do you think that's true then? I don't know if they're shifting to necessarily a more populist view so much as a view that they hope is more populist, (laughs) that they like think is going to be more popular. You know? Yeah, no, that's interesting. Like, I don't want to connect this at all to Black Panther, which I think is like a far better movie and deserved everything that it got last year. But I don't think that they would have nominated Black Panther for things if they didn't think that it also had this like, oh, we'll get more people to watch it if Black Panther is nominated, you know? Yeah, I just I feel like the people in the Academy, though, are like actors and professionals. Like, why do they care about who watches the Academy Awards? Like they don't they're not the ones who are worried about numbers for NBC or whatever. I feel like they think this is a good movie and that they wanted to celebrate it at least a majority enough that votes were split elsewhere and it ended up being Joker's year. And I mean, it's a romantic idea to think that the Academy always knows what the best films are because historically a lot of the Academy, like Oscar winners, like best picture aren't long lasting hits, you know, there's a lot of missteps that have been made. And so it's sort of like, I think they get in their own head about what is art and what is great. And this loud, brash movie that stirred up enough drama that everyone saw it. I think enough people were like, oh, yes, I get it. Like, oh, yes, this Scorsese copycat. Like, wow, what a modern tale of of neglect and woe and I, I don't know what a loud performance by Joaquin Phoenix and what a turnaround by our own Todd Phillips. Like, I just, I don't know. I guess I'm making more of a cynical approach to it, but I, <laughs> but I, I just, um, yeah, I don't think it was like, oh, well, we have to nominate Joker because it did so well. And like, no, I, I don't think, I think it's a mix of all of these yeah. things is I guess what I'm saying that I think the fact that there's a, that it got 11 nominations is not solely due to like these trolls on the internet who are like, right. ah, finally my vengeance. <laughs> it, it's like, it, there's yeah. that element. There's the money element. There's this, like people think that it's more artsy than it is. And also like, I feel like a lot of the voters are not nearly as keyed in on like the politics and Twitter and reading yeah. think pieces is like For some sure. of us are. So they're like, Oh, there's this movie it did really well in theaters and made so much money it's like artsy there's this good performance in it whatever blah blah blah. i'm gonna vote for it and then if it also subconsciously or consciously connects with their mm-hmm. like threatened male <laughs> ego then you know bonus yeah i'm curious then i mean like moving towards more of the general takeaway from this nomination spree which unfortunately is a recurring view of the Oscars is this Oscar so white or a lack of diversity um a lot of films got snubbed which were big surprises like Greta Gerwig for director for Little Women even though Little Women itself got six nominations or just the the acting categories only had one POC or two depending on who you ask but looking at like this idea that the Joker was a huge hit ergo it 
um, warranted more attention by the Academy of Odors. Like, what about these films like The Farewell or Hustlers, which were two of the biggest box office earnings um, of 2019, and yet they're snubbed for, you know, some of these more male-driven movies, maybe? I don't know. I, I think that was a big conversation around the nominations, too, is just that we're here again where no women are nominated for the best director where a lot of these big hits that have won golden globes that have won um, critic circle awards are being snubbed here at the Academy. I mean, whenever like this every year that this happens in some way, shape or form where at least one of these, I mean, some year we, we get lucky and all of the, you know, it's like more diverse and more spread out. But in a lot of years recently, this has come up and people are like, oh my gosh, all of the Academy members, like they're, you know, racist or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, yes, like that is a part of it in some ways. And I think a lot of that is also like kind of like subconscious and sociological. But I feel like the biggest issue is that just Hollywood as a whole has is not like moving far enough. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can blame the Academy members or whatever. But a lot of it comes down to the fact that like, there's just not like these big male driven movies with these big like fancy white male directors who have been getting money and directing things for 30 years have a lot more momentum going into award season than a lot of smaller things that sort of have to be scrappy and and climb and fight uphill the whole time so to me like this is a much bigger issue than just the oscars and it's kind of like okay these studios need to be putting more money like yes let give women more money to make movies like make more movies that have people of color in them like you can't make one movie that's directed by a woman or one movie that has people of color in it and then be upset when that movie doesn't get enough (laughs) nominations it's like that that's holding all of it on its back you know i mean it's it's upsetting that they also don't get the nominations but well, it's like, I mean, there's a lot of things that's going on. like a fair. I mean, I guess the issue I have with that idea is just the fact that this year there have been so many great movies by women, starring women, written by women, that it seems sort of like a weak excuse to tell Hollywood or women to try harder because it's like, no, they've put in the work in 2019 and it's still getting snubbed for men with bigger name recognition. Yeah, but I also think like bigger budgets for things too. Uh-huh. I mean like if you look at best director, there's I mean you have the the notable snub is like that Greta Gerwig didn't get nominated for Little Women. And like should she have gotten nominated especially over Todd Phillips for The Joker? Mm-hmm. Like definitely. But when you look at the little at Little Women which is like a smaller more lower budget movie in comparison to something that's like 1917 where or the Irishman which just had like so much more money and it's like it's not that it's necessarily worse directed but just that there's more going on in some of those other movies and so when you have a largely white largely older male academy who is going to resonate with some of those movies themes more anyways it's not necessarily like surprising that Greta Gerwig le- gets left off for as great as Little Women is. Um, so I don't know. It's like it's endlessly upsetting. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like I think there's lots of people to be pointing the fingers at who are not necessarily like just Academy voters. Well, yeah, but I mean, the problem is it's like a chicken and the egg situation where like, yeah, we want to be able to sit back and be like, oh, you know, the Academy Awards don't matter. Oscars don't matter. Like if something is big enough or loud enough, like we need to start from the ground up to get them here. But also you do need these awards to get money, to get solicited, to get the bigger budgets. And like, it's just a messy situation that like at some point, you know, in the 91 years of Oscars, there have only been five female directors nominated. And that just that is an Academy problem. That's not just a Hollywood problem. That's a problem with these gatekeepers who are keeping awards from going to women who aren't just asking for pity nominations, but who have made great films. And yet the Academy, for whatever reason, nudges in mediocre or just okay, usually white men films over the women because like, oh, well, that's the way it's done. Like there's a bias there that needs addressed and that needs addressed at the academy level, I would say, because even if like 
80 films made by women crossed the $100 million budget and made it all back across the world. I think these men would still be seeing men as like prestige, more deserving, better to celebrate. And I I just think I can see your point in an ideal world. But unfortunately, like, it's just been too frustrating a journey to think that the Academy can just wipe their hands of it. No, I mean, I don't I don't think I think we're agreeing on that point. Like, I think yeah. that the Academy definitely should have done better in some of these. Like the fact that Jennifer Lopez didn't get nominated is like ridiculous. Yeah. Like there's there's no reason why that shouldn't have happened. But I for like, you know, there's only been five women nominated in director. It's like, well, women probably weren't even allowed to be directors for, you know, three <laughs> quarters of that time. So that's like a whole nother right. issue that's separate of that. And then when you like look at the female directed movies this year it's like well hustlers was a female directed movie that was from this tiny studio that had no money for their awards campaign really which i think also hurt jennifer lopez but when you're comparing that to martin scorsese's the irishman which Mm -hmm. had like a a virtually endless budget (laughs) not only for the movie but then also for all of this marketing it's like yeah well where is netflix giving like who's the female director that netflix is also giving that money to like there isn't one for sure so yeah yeah it's it's very frustrating but but also that doesn't (laughs) Yeah, there's like clear, obvious places in this lineup. Like, why didn't they give a nomination to Eddie Murphy for Best Actor? It's like that, like they could have easily done that. Uh-huh. And I think it's just sort of like systemic racism that's like slightly unconscious because it is this large body of people who are voting that right. just like every year creeps up. And when you only have like so, f- when the bank of people of color that you can nominate is so much smaller than the bank of white people, then this type of thing is going to happen over and over and over again. So it's like the Oscars, but it's also the Hollywood in general. Yeah. C'est la vie. Um, I think a lot of people, like you say at the beginning, um, every year people are like, Oh my gosh, the snubs this year are insane. Um, And it's tough because this year did, did feel sort of like uh, two steps back, especially after having to live through the green book of last year um, to see Joker get so many nominations. And then you also had these major snubs with, um, uh, like we said, a little bit for Little Women. Um, Knives Out got almost zero love. Uncut Gems was unnominated. Um, people were upset that Lupita Nyong'o for us didn't get a nomination. What were some of the snob the snubs that um, upset you before you found your zen and your peace with the excitement for <laughs> Oscars in general? Yeah. Well, it's also weird every year. Like I swear, you get on Twitter and there's people <laughs> like snub, 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 and they're talking about movies that were like never going to get nominated. <laughs> like I mean, I loved Uncut Gems, but Uncut Gems is like. It's a small movie. It's uncomfortable. It came out really late in the season. Like, yes, critics really liked it, but it hasn't been getting a lot of love from other, like, awards bodies. Yeah. So the fact that people, like, thought that it was going to show up today and, like, get a bunch of nominations, <laughs> they're like, it's a snub. It's like, well, not really. Or, like, um, like I saw someone talking about how, like, it was such a snub that Queen and Slim didn't get more nominations. Right. And it's like, has that gotten a single award from <laughs> anyone this entire season? Like, I don't yeah. think so so but then you have like knives out and the farewell which were huge critic darlings yes oh my gosh no the farewell like that is gutting me that that didn't get nominations i loved that movie um i would have loved to see like book smart in there maybe for like a screenplay nomination um i loved waves this year which got nothing Mm. ad astra only got one nomination which like (laughs) I'm thankful for, but I thought that could have had more. I love Dolomite is my name. I wanted more nominations for that. So there were definitely snubs in the, in the mix for sure. What were the ones that stood out to you? I mean, immediately the Greta Gerwig who gets the best picture nomination, who gets best actresses, who gets the best screenplay, but no best director is just like a slap in the face to women everywhere. And also I think yeah, I was expecting a little bit more with um, either Knives Out or some love for the actors from Parasite, even though Parasite was fairly well awarded and has some good chances for some of the bigger 
nominations. But um, yeah, I think overall, there's just this disappointment in the, I think it comes down to the actor categories where it's like, you couldn't have just tried a little harder, like thought outside the box a little bit, because I'm sorry, like, not every character in The Irishman needed nominated. Well, actually, I guess not every character from The yeah, Irishman Robert De Niro did nominated. not get nominated. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah. But like Scarlett Johansson didn't need right. two separate nominations. Yes. And it just, I mean, it's tough because I also haven't been able to see all the nominees yet. Like I haven't seen Harriet and I haven't seen Antonio Banderas. So it's like, who knows how great those are. But like... I was just a little sad that like there were such great, powerful roles from J-Lo to the grandma in The Farewell that I was just shocked they didn't get any nominations because it just felt like looking at the list, it was just so unimpressive. It was just kind of like, like I just felt kind of sad. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like Aquafina for The Farewell and like definitely could have been in Best Actress and yeah like Jennifer Lopez there's really no excuse for that yeah for that for missing her I mean like I loved Parasite and the actors in Parasite are so good but that's one of those things where it's like there's so many of them Uh that it's like I could have seen if you totaled up all of the votes for an actor in Parasite, like that somebody could have gotten nominated, but I bet they were spread out over all the different categories for all the different people. Like there's always some, like some of those big ensemble movies are like that. Unless there's somebody in it who really just like steals the show from everyone else. But Parasite was, I mean, it was like, I mean, if you had to pick someone from Parasite, I don't even like I, the housekeeper is so good. The woman who owns the house is <laughs> great. The dad, the dad is, the, is, is really amazing. good. Like, I really wanted him to get a nomination. Um, but let's go through those those actor categories and just quickly see what was nominated and what you'd change, if anything. Yes. Because for for lead actor, you have Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, and then Jonathan Price for The Two Popes, which is that Netflix movie um, that I guess some people watched. <laughs> I like really enjoyed the two popes, but yeah. it's 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 wild that that got nominated, and also I think speaks to this kind of bias that Netflix has. That mm. really they had four awards play movies this year in The Irishman, Marriage Story, The Two Popes, and Dolomite is my name. And by my estimation, Dolomite it got no nominations, and I feel like it got the least press from netflix despite the fact that i think it could have done really well in a lot of these categories and i think part of the reason why it didn't is just because netflix was using their money and their marketing power on these other three movies instead like the fact that the two popes got all of these nominations tells me like they were spending a lot of money and they could have spent that money on dolomite instead but like why didn't they interesting well that's racism but yeah i think those were the main snubs was eddie murphy in dolomite i thought really deserved to be up here and i haven't seen antonio banderas so it's like hard to know who i would cut necessarily but i think jonathan price would uh would leave the (laughs) leave the running if i had my way my ideal nominations for this are Mm. keep antonio banderas keep leonardo dicaprio because we all know i love leo (laughs) and then i would switch in george mckay for 1917 i thought he was so good in that give me eddie murphy i think eddie murphy would have been my winner this year and then also like brad pitt and ad astra i (laughs) love ad astra and i feel like he was so good in that that's amazing yeah i mean i was looking at this list and i was like i just don't have a horse in this race like i don't find myself that angry about anything aside from maybe eddie murphy um people were upset that taron egerton didn't get a nomination especially given the fact that we (laughs) over nominated bohemian rhapsody but we all knew that was gonna happen and um adam driver feels like this isn't the role he's going to win for. So maybe he doesn't need a nomination anyways. (laughs) So here's just a quick question for you is I 
kept thinking like or have been thinking for this whole award season basically comparing it to last year and I felt like last year there was just so many movies that I hated that I thought were bad that just kept getting nominations and I feel like part of the reason why I'm not as upset this year is that even though I hate the Joker generally most of the other movies that are getting nominations are movies that I like respect and enjoy where Marriage Story and Little Women and 19 17 are like all movies that I can like root for Mm -hmm. where last year you had Vice which was bad you had Bohemian Rhapsody which was like a disaster that was directed half by one person (laughs) half by another person you had Green Book which had all of its like weird uh, like political machinations and the guy who wrote it was like a crazy person (laughs) then you had A Star is Born which I mean you and I are both kind of (laughs) like about Really, it was just like Black Panther, The Favorite, and Roma were like yeah. the three movies that you could get behind. Where this year, at least in the Best Picture race, I'm like, oh, like seven of these are, you know, so are things that I'm like, this is good. Like, gl- yay for you. Yeah, no, I definitely think like 2019 was such a good year for movies. Like, I really love, like, I really love a lot of movies. And yeah, even a lot of the nominated ones here, I'm like, you know what? Even if I didn't love it, like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I like it more than almost 80% of last year's like <laughs> slew yes. of films. So oh it's gosh. like, I can see that. I think the reason I'm so frustrated with this year's is that they had no excuse. Like there were so many options for female directors, for great actresses, for performances by POCs. And they still just disappointed that I just like, it was a very frustrating like slap in the face, but but yeah, like overall, it's like I am fine with a lot of the horses in this race. Okay, so let's get back to it. Best Actress. The nominees were Cynthia Erivo for Harriet, Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story, Saoirse Ronan for Little Women, Charlize Theron for Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger for Judy. What are your ideal nominations? And who would you have winning if it was like up to you? Um, yeah, I mean, this is a tough category for me because I haven't seen Harriet yet and I did not see Judy. So I don't want to write off those performances exactly. Um, but I definitely feel like Lupita Nyong'o should have gotten nominated for us because I just think what she did in that movie, whether you like the movie, whether it was a problematic storyline or whatever, she was very good and she played both the lead actress and the supporting actress basically so i would have loved to see some love for her and also the knives out anna anna darmas or darmas she was so good too so it sort of feels like i just i loved Charlize theron she has my whole heart she did an amazing thing with bombshell but i think i would frankly knock her out of that running for either of those two roles so I don't know. Um, Well, I did see Judy and it was very underwhelming. And the (laughs) fact that she is in this conversation so much and won things and is expected to win more things is just like wild to me. I feel like you should see that movie just because like (laughs) then we can complain about it together. My ideal nominations are keep Scarlett Johansson, but otherwise... I think Aquafina for The Farewell, mm. Beanie Feldstein for Booksmart, Lupita, oh. obviously. And then I loved Florence Pugh in Midsummer. Oh. Like, I thought that yes. was such a good performance. That's true. And Scarlett Johansson is the only one who eked in with both a lead actress and supporting actress nom. So I would have rather seen Florence Pugh take that with Midsummer. I think that's a fair, that's a fair assessment. If someone was going to get two nominations this year, I was texting with a friend and I was like, is it weird to say that I think that Florence Pugh could have won Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress this year? Like, she's so good in Midsummer, yeah. and she's also really good in Little Women. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson, I feel like, is worse in so. both of those. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Kill me! Yeah, it's a tough, tough field. But yeah, I mean, do you have a favorite for Supporting Actress? Because... What was nominated was um, Laura Dern for Marriage Story. She's won a bunch of other critical shows. Scarlett Johansson in Jojo Rabbit, Florence Pugh in Little Women, Margot Robbie in Bombshell, and Kathy Bates in Richard Jewell. <laughs> 
You know, Richard Jewell, for all of its sort of, it, it has like a problematic storyline in it that there's this journalist who sleeps with the cops for information that like probably didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, it's like historically <laughs> sketchy. But otherwise, I sort of like that movie. And Kathy Bates is really good in it. Do I think that she necessarily deserved the nomination? No. No. Um, like, okay, my nominees of this group keep Florence Pugh. Mm-hmm. And then otherwise, I would switch them all out. Give me oh. Jennifer Lopez for Hustlers. Yes. Amazing. Yes. You inspired me earlier this year. Elizabeth Moss for yes. Us. So good. Yes. I loved Julia Fox in Uncut Gems. I thought she was oh. fantastic. Yeah. Have you seen that yet? Uh-huh. Yeah, the, like, she's the girlfriend. The, like, girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, I thought she was really fun. And then Tony Collette in Knives Out. Where is that? <laughs> Where is the love for that? She's so okay. freaking funny in that role. Yeah. No, I mean, yes. I uh, She is funny in that. And I love Tony Collette. And that would have been a very interesting choice. But... Um, I don't know if she really egged it in there. I think it's crazy that they didn't nominate J-Lo. I mean, it's crazy in the sense that they definitely should have. Um, but I can see why, because it's like the Academy, if she had been like tortured by what she'd done, if her role had ended up being like her drugged out on a street, like giving up her children, like weeping over her choices, I'm sure the Academy would have been like, oh yeah, high art, like let's reward this poor person of color who's suffering in this film but instead she's like this total boss who's having a great time and is just so good and I wish she had gotten the nomination because I think she could have taken it but alas it's weird because all season it's been like oh it's a two-way race it's Laura Dern and Jennifer Lopez Laura Dern and Jennifer Lopez like people didn't were worried that Florence Pugh was even going to get in for Little Women there was speculation like is Margot Robbie going to be for Bombshell or for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood like Scarlett Johansson everybody thought for sure Marriage Story and Lead but like no one was really thinking like the rest of these nominees are just so random and then not to have Jennifer Lopez there who was like a front runner was nominated at the Golden Globe it's like who like were people not watching this like what was going through people's minds when they did not vote for her because she seems like such a shoo-in i'm just so confused the other one that i was surprised i mean surprised but not surprised was the grandma in the farewell who i thought was so so good good. but i kind of feel like the reason she was overlooked is maybe because she was like so good at the role that people were like I don't know, like she just inhabited that role so much that maybe they thought that the grandma literally just came on screen, didn't know she was in a movie and was just acting like her natural self. And so they just didn't process that someone was actually like pretending to be this grandma and did so well that we all just forgot it. I just I really liked her her in that in that movie. And I think another cast that's overlooked is Parasite's cast. And I think. Oh, yes. Um. The daughter in Parasite would have been a great pick. Even the like rich mother would have been really good here. So there's just no excuse for how white this um this slew of actresses is. But well, and plus the Academy historically um doesn't necessarily if a foreign film can squeak into the major categories or get a bunch of technical nominations, they very rarely get acting nods. Like I saw a whole list that broke down like which ones got any and like huge things were overlooked, but were given like best picture nominations and a best directing. But the acting for some reason is unfortunately something that um, this overly white crowd of Academy voters doesn't consider. And they really don't like giving out any acting nods to people who they do not know. Yeah. Like, like if they're young up and comers, they'll give them to them. But like people from other countries. Yeah. They're like, no, thank you. If we're getting yeah. a role, if we're giving an award to an older person, we want to give it to somebody who like we know and yeah. feel like is prestige and not like an old random person. Right. That's why I was so shocked last year when Olivia Coleman won for yeah. Best Actress because she felt like <laughs> the type true. of person who was like where did she come from you know yeah so yeah but i mean again different very different scenario than parasite but yeah um okay best supporting actor the nominees were 
Tom Hanks, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes, Al Pacino for The Irishman, Joe Pesci for The Irishman, and the likely winner, Brad Pitt from Once Upon a Time (laughs) in Hollywood. What were your, who in this list do you want to keep? Who do you want to get rid of? Who do you want to add in? Again, like for whatever reason, I don't feel as strongly about the acting, the actor categories, but I will say that going back to our Parasite discussion, if anyone deserves a nod, it was um, Song Kang Ho for his role as the dad in Parasite, who is just so crucial to the film. His facial expressions, his charisma, like everything is amazing to watch. And I think he could have nudged out almost any of these, any of these nominees. And so that's the one that I like care about passionately. And you could lose any of the Irishman, cut out Anthony Hopkins, even cut Tom Hanks, because I'm sure he's done better in other movies. But alas, What's crazy is Tom Hanks hasn't been nominated for an Academy Award in 20 years. He yeah. hasn't been nominated since Castaway. Isn't that wild? That is that is weird. I thought he got it for um, I Am the Captain For now. Captain <laughs> Phillips? No, he didn't. Yeah. Well, that's too bad. Poor guy. He didn't really get nominated suffering. for Bridge of Spies. <laughs> he didn't get nominated for The Post. Like, lots of things that other people were getting nominated for. I that don't know what it is. Um. I loved the cast of Waves and either mm. Kelvin Harrison Jr. or your beloved yes. um, Sterling K. Brown. Face? Sterling K. Brown. Both of them could have gotten nominated. I yeah. also, for as much as I dislike the movie The Lighthouse, I thought Willem Dafoe was fantastic in it. Mm. And he's been nominated the last two years for like lesser performances than this, I felt like. So I was sort of surprised they didn't go for him just because they nominated him both. They (laughs) nominated him for that Vincent Van Gogh movie last year, which nobody saw. (laughs) So, Yeah, but has anyone seen The Lighthouse either? You know, maybe they were course correcting. I I mean, I guess (laughs) not, but I don't know. I thought he was good in that. Um, I mean, and then you have the probably most controversial... um, big six category which is the best director which we sort of talked about um nominated is scorsese for the irishman todd phillips for joker sam mendes for 1917 quentin tarantino obviously and then bong joon ho for parasite i mean obviously i think greta gerwig was robbed i don't remember like i mean there's just so many opportunities for better films to be represented here but this was sort of an expected list. The one sort of possibility was, I think, between like Todd Phillips getting a nod or Sam Mendes getting the nod and whether or not Greta Gerwig would take either spot. But there's also like Lulu Wang for The Farewell, who's been giving critic love. And I mean, I don't know. It's just I really like, loved Marielle Heller for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Yes. That feels like a story that could have been done really simply and the way she did it was really interesting. Um, also, not a woman, but James Gray for Ad Astra. I thought that was a movie that was like very beautiful and gotten no attention this year. So I don't know. Yeah, this is a weird category. The Irishman, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, 1917, and Parasite all felt like they were kind of like big production numbers that were definitely going to get attention. But yeah, Todd Phillips here for the Joker is confusing to me and I'm annoyed that he's here. Um, Moving on to best picture. Yes. Best picture. I mean, like we said, this year has some movies that I actually liked. So that's exciting. But the list is Ford versus Ferrari. Surprisingly, Um, the Irishman, Jojo rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Is that all of them? Yeah, there's just nine. Oh, interesting. Because it's like, it it can be anywhere between five to ten, but they have to get like a certain percentage. So I think last year it was only eight. This year it's nine. It's been ten some years. I don't think it's ever been less than eight. But I mean, other than The Joker, which I think is actively bad, and Ford versus Ferrari, which is pretty like meh to me, the rest of the nominees are all movies that I'm like, okay, like that was good. I can see why that was in here or they're movies that I actually really liked. So, I mean, I could like quibble with this list, but I feel like it's a pretty good list with the exception of maybe like where's the farewell in here. I mean, honestly, I rewatched part of the hustle of hustlers last night. And frankly, it should be in this 
in this list too. I think it would have been bold and brave if they had just given that a best picture nomination, uh, which is a dream, but it would have been deserved, I think, to just be nominated. I loved the Jennifer Lopez parts of Hustlers, and yeah. I liked some of the other parts. The Constance Wu parts, I felt like, were... <laughs> Not she as good as, it down. as I needed it yeah, to be. So, I mean, and also they didn't have enough money. So, I mean, like, yes, yeah. if that would have been in here, would I have been mad at it? No. But I'm also, like, if it came down to the Farewell or Hustlers, like, I feel like yeah. the Farewell is just so good. I feel like the front runners currently are Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 1917, and Parasite. And yeah. I know the Joker got the most nominations, Ugh. but... One thing that you have to look at with these best picture is that the voting for this is different than other categories. So like most categories, it's just everybody votes, whoever gets the most votes wins. For best picture, you have to get 50% of the votes. So the way for a first place vote. So the way they do Mm. that is when you vote for these, you rank the nine movies. And they go through and they tally up everything based on first place votes. And let's say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood does get over 50%, then it wins. But if it doesn't, then they take whatever movie got the least first place votes, they cancel those out, and they go to whatever was second on that ballot. So then they, like, redistribute those votes. So in order to get... Yeah, it's weird. But so basically, in order to become Best Picture, you have to have, like, a general kind of consensus of a lot of people either liking your movie first or like second third kind of situation i feel like the joker is the type of movie that yes some people are gonna like but i bet a lot of people are gonna rank it dead last out of these nominees Mm -hmm. or at least the woker members of the academy (laughs) and i think some people just have it down lower so it feels like not as much of a threat to win to me as something like 1917 or parasite where you feel like, sure, like some people will put those movies first, but like who is putting Parasite like seven, eight, nine on their list? Like, I don't, you know. <laughs> I don't want to know them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So what would your ranking be? Oh, that's so tough. I mean, <laughs> I feel like my like top tier would be like, I think Parasite, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 1917. Then I have a tier that's like Marriage Story, Little Women, Jojo Rabbit. Then a tier that's the Irishman and Ford versus Ferrari and then Joker at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's pretty... I would do Parasite, Little Women, and 1917 as like the dream. And then Mm -hmm. then probably Marriage Story, Jojo Rabbit, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood can slip in there. And then, yeah, just bottom tier is the Irishman, Ford versus Ferrari, and Joker. But I kind of feel like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is going to take it. I could see that. And I don't necessarily think that's like, a, if if this is the, if it gets to the end of the year and that's the best picture, I would be fine with that. I, I really did enjoy that movie and think that there's a lot of good stuff to it, even if there are like problematic. Yeah, but you hadn't well. seen any Tarantino films. And I feel like the problem I have with Tarantino now and Martin Scorsese getting nominated for these two films so much is just that it sort of feels... I mean, not derivative at a point, but it's just like they are trying something. <laughs> They're like too They're similar to things they've already new, done. You know? Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. just like, I wouldn't even think that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is um, Tarantino's best film. But I think, again, Hollywood loves Hollywood. And there's mm-hmm. something very romantic and safe about this story where he gives a tragedy a happy ending and like, blah, 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 funny, 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 Leo and and um brad pitt together so like yeah i get why it's gonna wow some academy members (laughs) i could see 1917 winning though it's coming out right now it just did had a really good week at the box office it's on everyone's mind and while once upon a time in hollywood i think is a really well done movie 1917 is unlike anything i've ever seen before and it's a Mm. war movie i it's feels like it would be hard to really dislike it and also i don't know like i haven't really heard any controversy surrounding it yeah so i don't know it feels like it's checking a lot of boxes at one best best drama at the oscars so i don't know i could or i mean at the golden globe so i could definitely see that coming in and being sort of like a late uh yeah. game changer 
Um, yeah. And a lot of people also really like Parasite. It got a lot of nominations yes. in a lot of these lower tier categories that usually foreign films don't get. So the fact that it got so many of those, I think speaks really well to its strength and the number of people who like that movie. So I know, I would love Parasite to win. Like that would be such a good moment. I would be thrilled by that. I, I don't want to get my hopes up though. <laughs> yeah. Got to keep expectations. Let's just yeah. all, let's just say it's probably the Joker and then whatever wins yeah. on that night, it'll we'll be, be like relieved. Ford versus Ferrari. And we'll be like, yes, I've always loved Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then you have all these technical categories that, um, I feel like not even the Academy voters technically know. I feel like the sound editing versus sound mixing is always a hot mess that they just throw things in without really thinking about the difference between the two. Um, Cinematography, you have some weird gaps. Like I really thought this is another movie that was sort of surprising me that didn't get any love is The Last Man in San Francisco. Oh the last yes, black man in San Francisco. Because I remember being so struck by the the lighting, these like beautiful shots, just the the cinematography of the film and the score. But the score this year was kind of like a, I don't know. I mean, 1917 was so good. Little Women was so good. So I'm happy with the score um, nominees. But I do wish Last Man, man, Last Black Man, had snuck in there somewhere. Another category that I thought was really interesting is the best animated feature. I feel oh, like yeah. forever people thought that Frozen 2 was going to be like a yes. sure in for a nomination possible frontrunner. I watched Frozen 2 solely because <laughs> I thought of this and really was hated it, thought it was bad, thought it was confusing. And the fact that mm. it did, I think that that Spider-Man win last year really gave a lot of these other animated studios the courage to be like, you know what? Like maybe Disney isn't going to win all of these. And so now we have, I lost my body, Klaus and missing link, which are all random studios competing against DreamWorks, how to train your dragon three and Pixar's toy story four. Um, I have not seen those other three, but I'm excited (laughs) to watch them and hopefully something is, you know, good and exciting and better than frozen too. I know. I mean, it was kind of like ballsy. I felt like to leave off frozen too. I, it is a hot mess. It's, beautifully animated though so it's sort of I don't know it's a weird it's a weird choice but I also did just watch How to Train Your Dragon 3 and I had really written that off based on the trailers which I thought were so bad but that movie was delightful and even though it's one of the few sequels on this list I I kind of want it to win something just to honor the like trilogy as it is you know yeah, the first How to Train Your Dragon movie is so good. Yeah. And this one I didn't think was as good, but I still really liked it. Oh, and I liked it, I think, more than I liked Toy Story 4. Yeah. Um, but I still haven't seen these other three. So, yeah. And I think that I Lost My Body is like an adult animated movie, which isn't oh. something that you see very often in this category. Like, it's like PG-13 or something. So, yeah. I don't know. That could be interesting. Uh, any other of these categories you want to touch on quickly? Well, I think one that is usually an opportunity for sort of smaller films to get some recognition is original screenplay. And um, instead, this year's was for Knives Out, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. And I feel like 1917 is so good, but I wouldn't necessarily have given it original screenplay. Like, I feel like they could have given it to something like Booksmart or The Farewell or even some people would say uncut gems which i don't know if i'd go there but but i kind of wish like just as general that some of these smaller categories had highlighted films that they decided to ignore in the larger categories but yeah because i love 1917 but there's basically no talking in the second half of that movie (laughs) so it is weird that it got not i mean i understand that like screenplay is more than just talking but it is it is weird it's also interesting it seems like every year either because there's original screenplay and adapted and it's like every year one of them is like packed with things and then the other one they're like scrounging around to try (laughs) to find stuff because adapted screenplay is Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, and The Two Popes, which are all Best Picture nominees. But then really, like, the next highest eligible film, I feel like, is Richard Jewell, which was like, (laughs) okay, that was not ever getting nominated for that. So, like, that category was just kind of cakewalk. And then, yeah, you have a million things over there in original, like, elbowing each other out of the way. So, it's it's an odd odd year for that. Yeah, but I mean, it'll be interesting to see how everything shakes out. I am 
happier in general, but it is just so frustrating to see like, I mean, the Academy had every opportunity to really just at least impress, surprise people by not being whitewashed, gender conforming. Like, it's just disappointing, I think, this They year didn't especially. even nominate Beyonce. Like, yeah. honestly, how <laughs> difficult would it be to nominate Beyonce? <laughs> yeah. And instead, they nominated some song called I'm Standing With You from that movie Breakthrough, which was like the <laughs> girl from... Um, this is us who's like kid falls through the ice and then Tover Grace is like a pastor who like (laughs) prays him out of a coma. It's like honest. Like, I mean, I haven't listened to this song. Maybe it's great, but like Beyonce deserved it. It's a weak original song category. It's a weird list. Usually there's a song I know. And this year it's just basically like frozen Two, and I guess rocket man, even though I don't remember that song itself, but. Yeah, I don't even know if that song was in the movie or if it was just like in the credits mm, or whatever. Yeah. Also, Apollo 11, the documentary that was supposedly like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is for sure getting in, didn't get in. So there was yeah. all kinds of weird snubs and stuff. I am I have, I think, like eight or nine movies that I now need to watch based on these <laughs> yeah, nominations. Yeah, Maleficent, so I'm like, Mistress oh, of Evil. So I know. Can't wait Kill to hear me. how that is. <laughs> Did you see it, it? Oh, no, of course not. It is weird that Joker <laughs> got nominated for makeup and hair because like costumes, I can see whatever. But they do this thing where they kind of let you pitch for makeup and hair and costume and they have like a sort of luncheon for the voters or whatever. And the Joker's main pitch was how difficult it was to work with Joaquin Phoenix because he was hangry. He wanted to do his own makeup. He would storm off set. And the continuity director ended up quitting because it was just too much. And so it was basically like, please, this was a hard job for us. Just give it to us. We painted clown makeup on him. And I just, it seems like a weird choice for makeup. I mean, it just didn't seem, you know, compared to something like Judy or Maleficent or Bombshell. Well, what was the makeup in Judy, though? I mean, I mean she a, has like, a lot going on in her face, right? They basically made her look like Judy. I don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like she looks like herself. I mean, she yeah. had a lot of work done separately of the movie, I think. But <laughs> That's what you're celebrating. I don't know. I mean, she kind of has her hair up in like a... I, I don't know. She didn't. It didn't like costumes, maybe for that movie. Yes, but the makeup and hairstyling. I don't know. I mean, (laughs) this is a completely other topic. But when you have stuff like um, Avengers Endgame, where I feel like there's all kinds of different hair and makeup stuff going on, although maybe a lot of that isn't hair and makeup. Maybe a lot of that is just CGI. (laughs) But. Yeah, I feel like there are other movies that are doing more weird prosthetics. I mean, like 1917, you got like dead bodies and stuff. So that makes sense. (laughs) Um, And Maleficent, you got her weird cheekbones bombshell, I think is going to win this one. But like, Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Interesting stuff. Where was Rocket Man? That had a lot that you had to do. um, I know. I don't even think it got Elton John's balding. Yeah, it didn't get a single costume nomination either. Which is bonkers. But. And where's Downton Abbey in costume? <laughs> that is what was really robbed. Yeah. That's the thing is it's like there are smaller films that could have been shoved in here with like I wouldn't have been surprised if that had gotten a nomination, but it's instead they're just like keeping it in the family of these of these best picture nominees. Yeah. I don't know. But <laughs> well, I'm more excited than last year. You know, there's always room for improvement, but we'll be back to talk about these movies in three weeks. This Oscar yeah. season is so short. It's like driving <laughs> me up crazy. I'll be excited know, for I've next year when up. we have that like leisurely month, you know, when the <laughs> the Academy Award isn't until like almost the beginning of March. It'll be so glorious. But. Yeah. But until then, uh, you can find us on social media at PS You're Wrong and be sure to send us some questions for our mailbag episode coming up. Um, maybe you have questions about our favorite year of um, the Oscars and what Matt thought of Anne Hathaway and, and that experience. So shoot us an email at PSYou'reWrong at Gmail or slide into our DMs on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. 
And also you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, which is always wonderful. Love it when you guys do that. (laughs) And we'll be back next week looking forward to this upcoming year in film, giving you our 2020 (laughs) movie preview. And also we'll be revealing who had better taste (laughs) last year in our Rotten Tomatoes prediction. I have done a lot of tabulating and the results are very intriguing. (laughs) So I'll be excited to get to those. Yes, that's my favorite episode of the year. So can't wait for that. Oh my gosh, so so many weird things are coming out (laughs) and I can't wait to talk to them. And three of the movies that we talked about last year still aren't out. They're coming out this year. So you never know when this stuff is going to happen, but we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.